Well, tennis fever is uh, right here, right apparent with us at the moment out of Queens, New York at the US Open and uh, getting very serious down to uh, the end of the tournament. This morning we've seen the new women's number one, uh, Sabalenka, cruise through to her fourth Grand Slam semi-final of the year and still to come we've got uh, Superman Carlos Alcaraz Garcia in action on uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium and Daniel Medvedev just uh, cruising past uh, Rublev in straight sets prior uh, to that. So um, it's, it's all on over there. And as the last Grand Slam uh, season starts to wrap up, of course, uh, our eyes go forward here to the ASB Classic in Auckland uh, early in the new year. It's always one of the hottest tickets on the summer sporting calendar. Uh, and incidentally, those tickets went on sale yesterday. The tournament has already secured a great coup in ex-Kiwi and world number 16 Cameron Norrie uh, to go alongside US Open semi-finalist and defending classic champion Coco Goff on the women's side. But who else? Does uh, tournament director Nicholas Lamperon have on his radar as the countdown is officially on? Well, Nicholas has uh, been over in the United States and now uh, has uh, managed to get home after a busy schedule over there, and we've got him on this morning. Nicholas, good morning to you, and thank you for your time. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, Nicholas, uh, you've been in New York. Uh, how was the atmosphere and uh, the feel about the US Open this time around? Uh, New York is always a, a special one. It's, uh, it's a very unique tournament. Uh, it's a lot louder than all the other slams, uh, but that's what makes it really, really unique. And um, you know, when when you get towards the end, the end of the year, there's always the the battle for the for the number one spot. You know, we've just seen that you know, Zabalenka is uh, is going to take over uh, once the U.S. Open is over, and 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 the battle is on also with uh, with Djokovic and Alcaraz. So while you're there, uh, how hard are you working behind the scenes on getting our fields finalised for the men's and women's? I mean, is it just constantly working and talking? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an ongoing process. Uh, I normally start around the, the, the French Open, um, identify the, 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 the players that I would like to get. Uh, so I'm having some initial conversation, but then I'm also monitoring all the results over the summer and trying to do some projections as to where where these, the, the players that I have in mind would end up the, the year, depending on you know whether they have any points to defend or not, uh, whether they're on a, on a winning trajectory or not. There's quite a lot of uh, analysis to be done around this. Um, and then I just use my time at the, at the tournaments to you know catch up with all the agents, the players, see what their plans are for the, for the next season uh, and see whether we, we can attract them to come to Auckland. So what are the rules in terms of who you can aggressively approach or who's out of bounds? Uh, it's two, two different kind of rules. Uh, you know, one for the, the, the WTA, um, you know, they've, they've changed the, the, the system uh, for, for 24 onwards. So now we're restricted to, um, I mean, typically we can't get players in the top 30, but we have some, some exemptions. The, the exemptions being uh, the defending champion, which is why, you know, we went aggressively after Coco Goff because she's such a big name and she's having an, an amazing season. Um, then we can have a, a local player. Uh, sadly, we don't have that local player within that, that ranking uh, range at the moment. And then we can have one more between 11 and 30. Um, it's not really, uh, it doesn't really have a big impact for us because the the, the women's tour, there's a lot of movement outside of the top 30 and you still have some big names like, you know, if, I, if I can think about the, you know, someone like Osaka, for example, or Karen Bozniaki coming back. 
these are huge names that we can attract and, and we can afford to have in Auckland. The men's, it's slightly different because there are no restrictions whatsoever. So we're not limited in terms of who we can have in terms of, of ranking. Nicholas, if a, a women player within the top 30 um, and you'd already filled um, those uh, those particular spots, turned around and said to you, look, I, I really want, as part of my build-up, I'd love to come and play tennis in New Zealand. Is personal choice okay? I mean, can they come to you? They can come to me, uh, but then if I've already filled the spot, then I, w- I won't be able to uh, to get a, uh, to play the tournament. Um, you know, this is part of a new... Um, structure that the, the WTA is putting in place for, for next year. And the reason behind it is because they want to go on the way towards equal prize money. So the 500 have had to increase the, the prize money to a, a significant level to compete with the men. Um, and in return, they've, they've asked for um, different criteria uh, just to make sure they could have access to all, all the girls in the top 30 except the exemptions that we, we still have at, at the 250 level. Well, it's an interesting candidate in the men's side of things because, of course, uh, Ben Shelton is uh, through, uh, having um, got rid of Francis Tiafoe yesterday. So, and he's looking very impressive. And, and, of course, he's been here before. Yeah, he's been there before. You might remember that he was, uh, he was a wild card in Auckland this year. Um, it's someone that I, I spotted last year. He was the... Uh, NCAA champion. He had a great summer in the US. Uh, came to Auckland, won one match. Then he played the quarters in Australia and now just qualified for the for the semis at the at the US Open. So he's on. Um, he's having a really impressive season. And I, I'm. I mean, I'm pretty confident that this is someone that would end up in the in the top ten at some point in his career. Uh, you've also got um, you know, the, the married couple, as I say, Svitolina and Monfils, who are you, uh, Gail Monfils, who, who you are pretty pretty close to? Well, I'm, yeah, very close to Gail. You know, I've been managing Gail for 18 years, I think, now. Um, we And that goes, I, I mean, our relationship goes beyond the court. You know, he was best man at my, at my wedding a few years ago. Um, I'm working hard on this. Um, it's looking promising to have them both play play next year. There's still a, a couple of things that we need to check uh, before we, we can make it official. But I, I'm hoping to get some uh, some good news to share with uh, with, with our fans in, in the next few weeks. We've just seen, uh, of course, uh, Aaron Routliffe uh, and Gabby Zabrowski get through to the semi-final, which is huge news for New Zealand tennis. Any possibility that um, maybe we might see a Kiwi on court? Yeah, there will still be Kiwis on court. Um, You might remember that um, last year we had a playoff system uh, whereby all the Kiwis were playing against each other. And as a reward, the, the winner of the wildcard would, would get a Mendel wildcard in the, in, at the SD Classic and, and the runner-up will get a, a Qualys wildcard. So we're, um, we're looking at uh, having that system again just to make sure we can provide you know, playing opportunities at the top level for, for the Kiwi players. Fan engagement is an interesting uh, thing in sport these days, Nicholas, as you are fully aware. I just noticed in, in a lot of the tennis I've been watching, there's been... Uh, a lot of fan engagement with the players. Some of it uh, has not been too good. Is, is this just a one-off because it's a New York, New York atmosphere, or do you see this creeping in quite a lot in tennis? Um, I haven't seen anything 
specific this season. Yeah, there, there were a few instances, maybe maybe in New York. Um, I, I don't think we have this kind of issue in Oakland because we have, you know, our tournament is small and intimate. Uh, players are very relaxed. Uh, fans can have access to the to the to the top talent around the court, and 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 the players, you know, they're always willing to um, to share a, a good time with their fans. So um, I don't think this is something that we should be worried about. So okay, so uh, let's look forward to uh, filling up your roster here. Uh, when um, do you start to get the bulk of the players? Is it post the the last slam here? When do when do the players and their agents sit, sit down and start planning uh, pre uh, Australian Open? Which of course uh, that's where our tournament fits in. Uh, I'm going to say it's right now. Um, you know, all all the discussions that that I've had at the US Open, I will probably get an answer. You know, once the tournament is over, that's just the way you know uh, tennis players operate. They want to focus on the tournament first, and then they they can think about the future. Um, there's some are still waiting to hear about the uh, the calendar for next year. There's still some question marks about you know where the um, Australian tournaments are, are going to be played. I mean, we we still have a pretty good idea, but you know nothing has been announced officially. So, you know, once um, everything is is out there. Uh, I think it will help all, all these players to uh, make up their mind for next year and, and, and commit for uh, for their for the schedule. Yeah, you opened ticket sales, uh, I think, at midday yesterday. So uh, I would imagine there was uh, initial interest. It's a very, very popular tournament. Have you locked in all your, your funding, your sponsorship for this year? Yeah, we're pretty much there. Um, you know, we, uh, we're extremely uh, fortunate on, on the sponsorship side. We uh, we're well ahead of of, uh, of uh, schedule. Um, you know, ticket sales. We we were in three sales for for the last two weeks. Um, again, we were ahead of what we had initially planned. So um, no, it's, it's it's all looking very very positive. Well, Nicholas, great to catch up with you. Would you have a uh, would you ever pick? Uh, do you think uh, Carlos Alcaraz uh, could beat Djokovic? Do you think it's the Jokers? Uh, what about on the women's side? From what you've seen, who are you, uh, could Coco Goff win this? Uh, I think on the men's side, I would go for Djokovic. Um, I have a feeling that he's he's probably playing the the, the 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 tennis of his life, and and I think he could go all the way again. On the women's side, I think Zabalenka is going to be really hard to beat. But I would obviously love for uh, for Coco to go all the way and, you know, arrive in, in Auckland in, in four months' time and as, as the U.S. Open champion and the defending champion. That would really be something for us. Would it, what? it would be absolutely special. Uh, Nicholas, uh, thanks very much for your time this morning. Congratulations what you've uh, been able to achieve so far with those two major signings and all the best with securing many, many more. Thanks for your time and good luck. Thanks very much. Thank you.